Welcome to the Discover True Treasure podcast. I'm your host, Angela. Today, we are going to continue our study of the book of Galatians by studying verses 15 through 21 of chapter 2. If you missed last week's episode, feel free to go back and listen to it. However, it is perfectly fine to listen to the episodes out of order. During last week's episode, we learned that the outcome of Paul's meeting with the Jewish leaders of the Church of Jerusalem was that they approved of the message Paul was preaching to the Gentiles, and they considered him to be a fellow co-worker. We also learned that Peter joined Paul in Antioch, and while he was there, he started out eating with uncircumcised Gentiles. But when some friends of James joined them, he separated himself from the Gentiles and refused to eat with them for fear of being criticized by James's friends who believed that circumcision was a necessity. Because of Peter's poor example, many other Jews were carried away with his hypocrisy and Paul confronted Peter to his face because what he did was very wrong. In today's episode, we are going to learn why what Peter did was so wrong. And we are going to learn more about the difference between justification by works and justification by faith. I am so excited to study the Word of God. Let's begin. Okay, so let's begin this Bible study by first reading the verses that we will be covering. And again, those verses are verses 15 through 21 of chapter 2. And I am going to read these in the New Living Translation, but most likely I will refer to these verses in the King James Version here and there throughout the study. So starting with verse 15, you and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. For my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law can make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Okay, so now that we've read the verses, let's make some general observations about each verse. Well, actually, last week, we ended the episode on sort of a cliffhanger because we ended the observations portion of the study 
right when Paul started to rebuke Peter for what he had done. So let me quickly review verse 14 uh, before we move on. So in verse 14, Paul asked Peter a very powerful question. He basically asked him why, if he has uh, discarded the Jewish laws and lives like a Gentile, why would he demand that Gentiles live as Jews? by following Jewish regulations or by following the law. So here in verse 15, Paul basically is continuing this loving rebuke uh, is what I'm going to call it. And he says that uh, they are Jews by birth. He and uh, Peter, they're not sinners like Gentiles. You know, let me stop and say, um, I like that the New Living Translation puts the word sinners in quotation marks. Uh, and I and I like that they do that because we know everyone who is born is born into sin. So the Jews were sinners as well because they were in covenant with God. They received uh, the law of God, the Mosaic law, and God chose them as a special people. The Jews basically considered everyone else to be sinners. Okay, so Let's continue with verse 16. And here in verse 16, Paul stated that um, they know that no one is justified by works. He, He tells Peter, you know, you and I, we have believed on Christ Jesus so that we can be made right with God. And we know that no one will ever be made right with God by following the law. So I think I mentioned in a previous episode that our self-righteousness is as filthy rags before God because there is nothing we could ever do in our own flesh with our own efforts that could make us right with God. And it's so unfortunate um, when you have Christians trying so desperately to meet the requirements of the law. And, you know, it has the opposite effect because the strength of sin is the law. The law shows us how sinful we are. When we try to follow it, it just strengthens the sinful passions in our flesh. So although the law is holy, the law could never make us holy or righteous. True righteousness before God is only found through faith in Christ Jesus. Okay, so let's move on to, let's move on to verse 17 and 18. In verse 17, Paul asked a rhetorical question and it seems like he liked to ask rhetorical questions. Uh, So he asked, if I try to be made right with God, Uh, by faith in Christ, and then I'm later found guilty because I abandoned the law? Does that mean that Christ led me into sin? Or as the King James Version states, does that mean that Christ is the minister of sin? And since this is a rhetorical question, we know the answer is, of course not. That would never happen. Instead, he says, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. 
if we rebuild the old system of law in our lives, according to Paul here, you're a sinner. You're, you're not following uh, the will of God. Okay, so when we put our faith in Christ, we're basically tearing down and discarding all systems of law that in our minds made us good. Uh, and, and instead, we choose to put our faith in Christ and Christ alone to be made right with God. So if we consider the work of Christ to not be good enough to make us righteous by adding works, by trying to obey the law, again, according to Paul here, you make yourself a sinner by doing so. I'm going to move right along here to verse 19. And here in verse 19, I think this verse makes it very clear that the law is the ministry of death. And the reason I say that is because here he says that um, when you try to follow the law, it condemns you. See, it doesn't make you right. It doesn't make you right before God. It condemns you. Dying to the law by ceasing to try to meet all its requirements actually enables us to live for God. So think about it. If you try to obey the law, you are not living unto God. You're living unto yourself. You're living unto your own ability to fulfill the law. You're, you are living unto your own ability to be made right with God. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to verse 20. And I love this verse here in verse 20, Paul states that he is crucified with Christ. His old self is dead. His old sinful man is dead. If we truly believe that our old man, our old sinful man is dead, I don't think we'll be obsessed with sin. We're no longer obsessed with sin. We're no longer obsessed with this um, effort to try to keep the law because we reckon our old man to be dead. We reckon our old man to be dead. And being dead to sin means that we are Christ conscious. We're not sin conscious. So if we're dead to sin, why would we continue to be so self-conscious? Why would we continue to be so preoccupied, spend so much time focused on sin. Once we put our faith in Christ Jesus, our old man dies and we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. And the life we now live in the flesh, we live by putting our faith in Christ Jesus. And I love how he said, we put our faith in the one who loved us and gave himself for us on the cross. Let's move right along to verse 21. All right. So this verse is basically the bottom line of Paul's rebuke to Peter. And I think that this is our foundation in Christ. Paul says he does not treat the grace of God as meaningless. Those of us who truly believe in the grace of Christ, we don't treat it as meaningless. It matters. 
And I like that the King James Version says that I do not frustrate the grace of God because if keeping the law could make us right with God, there was no need for Christ to die. We need to understand this. If keeping any part of the law, A-N-Y, any part, if keeping any part of the law makes us right before God, then Christ died in vain. In plain terms, it means Christ died for nothing. None of this would mean anything. His suffering on the cross, being raised from the dead, none of it. It would mean that it means nothing. It was in vain. Because if we, if we say that there's some part of the law that can make us right with God, that we need to go back to the law and do our best to keep some part of the law, then that means that the work of Christ was for nothing. But of course, we know it was not in vain. We know it ushered in a new and a living way, not like the law, which brings death and condemnation. It is only through Christ that we can be made right with God and have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So now think about all of this. So this is why Paul had to rebuke Peter. He could not tolerate new believers wrongly thinking that they had to fulfill any part of the law, not even, quote unquote, just circumcision. Instead, they needed to know that they are complete in Christ, that they have been made righteous in Christ. And their only requirement, our only requirement, is to believe what Christ has done. As the just, we are to live by faith. We live not by our ability to keep the law. Amen. Okay, so now let's talk about how can we apply these verses to our lives? So I have two takeaways. And the first is that we are crucified with Christ. The Bible tells us that our lives are hid in Christ, in God. Jesus is our identity. He is our righteousness. So therefore, we are no longer consumed with worrying about ourselves and whether or not we are strong enough or holy enough or good enough, or do we have enough willpower to not do this or to do that? Instead, we can rest. We can rest in Christ and know that his spirit lives in us. It works in us. We you know, we don't have to worry, guys. He has us in the, and he will keep us, the Bible tells us. So we have the Holy Spirit. We have the nature of God on the inside of us. Our old man is dead. We are new creatures in Christ. We are living our lives by the faith of Christ, not, not faith in ourselves or, or in our own ability to do good. And I know I'm going to live according to what I see in my heart, the pictures in my heart of who I am. Who do I believe I am is what I will live out. 
If I believe I am holy and I am righteous, I'm going to live that way. And you may be seeing these remnants, you know, of our old man, because we may still get angry. We may still get anxious. But the more we continue to look to the word, we look to Christ and we identify ourselves with Christ. He is our our identity. Then that's what we will live out. We will live that out. So that is my first takeaway. And my second takeaway is I don't want to frustrate the grace of God. I don't want to treat the grace of God as meaningless, meaningless by trying to keep the law because we are no longer under condemnation. We are under grace. We are under grace because we believe that Christ died for our sins once and for all. You know, I heard someone say, and this kind of stuck with me. um, He said, if you are not forgiven of all, then you are not forgiven at all. And I like that. Uh, Sometimes I find that there are believers who just don't believe that God is that good. So sinners don't believe that they're that bad. But then you have believers who don't believe that God is that good. And it's so hard for them to receive grace and rest in the goodness of God. But guys, I'm going to say God is a good God. He's a good, good God. He loves us so much. He loved us even while we were sinners. He loves us. He loves us so much that Christ became a curse for us. Christ fulfilled the law for us. Wow. God is a good God. So we don't want to mix law with this wonderful grace. And we don't want to make the grace of God have no effect in our lives. So my second takeaway is not to to frustrate the grace of God, to not treat it as meaningless, to simply believe on Christ because yes, God is that good. All right, this week's meditation scripture, it just has to be for me, Galatians 2.21. And I'm going to read that from the King James Version. It says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And I'm going to choose this scripture to remind myself not to frustrate the grace of God. (laughs) Um, You know, if we're not careful, we can make just about anything a work. We can make just about anything a work, something that we achieve through our self-effort and not by relying on the grace of God. For example, Christ commands us to love one another. Now, we cannot do that in our own flesh. We love by reminding ourselves that Christ first loved us. And when we focus on Jesus and his love, I believe we have no choice but to love because we're, uh, we are allowing the nature of God that is in us through the Holy Spirit to do what he does, which is love. So this scripture reminds me not to frustrate the grace of God in any 
area of my life. Jesus's work on the cross was a complete work and he did not die in vain. His grace is not meaningless. And every aspect of the life we live in this body, we live by the faith of Christ. Amen. All right, so I would like to conclude this Bible study with prayer. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your wonderful grace that was shown to us through Jesus Christ. May we never put our trust in the law or in our self-effort. The word tells us that the law could never make anyone right with you. Instead, Heavenly Father, we believe we are made righteous through Christ. Thank you that Jesus loved us so much that he gave his life for us on the cross. And because he was crucified for our sins, we consider ourselves crucified in him. And we now live our lives by trusting only in Jesus. So thank you, Heavenly Father, that Christ did not die in vain. Thank you that the power of your grace is alive and at work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, please join me next week as we will continue our study of the book of Galatians by reading verses one through five of chapter three. So we are moving right along here. If you have a prayer request, a comment, or a question, please leave me a message. I would love to hear from you. And thanks again for joining me. I hope you were blessed. And if you were, consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with others. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and dearly loved by our Heavenly Father and the Lord. Jesus Christ.